Hey, folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, um, I'm just going to say it, man. You have been to two Red Wings. They played three games. You've been to two. The second one you went to because you want to watch your Los Angeles Kings. And right about last year's playoffs with the Edmonton Oilers. And I can't believe I'm this worked up at the top of the show already. But I've been stewing all week about you, my brother. And then it put me over the top when I saw your, your columns about the Los Angeles Kings, which had nothing to do with the Red Wings. Explain you, yourself. You were, you were really probably unhappy that I wrote about that. And I wrote about the Kings and how they should have beat the Oilers, but I, I didn't knew it. mention I didn't mention the one NHL player you know, Connor McDavid. I knew I was like Sean's going to want me to write about Connor McDavid somehow. Uh, you managed to work him into every you know the three or two to three NHL columns you write a year. So um, yeah, no man, they're 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 doing something interesting. You got to watch some of the games. It's uh, they're they're performing well. They're getting. Buying into Derek Lalonde's uh, new uh, defensive-minded, responsible puck handling philosophy. So you got to watch the big man, six eight, Elmer Soderblom, rookie. He's amazing. Scored out of the gate, right? And by the way, you're talking about uh, the the talent difference in your column a little bit with the Kings. You know that the, the the of the three teams they played, that they're, they're the most talented team, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Montreal, sure. New Jersey, I think, are uh, you know who, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I think. In the pros, you can kind of say, you know, I'm well, not in the NFL, and we'll talk about that here in a second, right? Where you can call anybody we're, terrible. We're, we're, no, 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 no. Where teams go, you say a team is terrible based on what they did the year before. The one league it's trickier to do that is the NFL, except for the Lions, which we're about to get into. <laughs> right? <laughs> Always terrible. Check mark. Yeah, I mean, because the NFL every year there are three or four teams. That, wow, I don't understand this. They were terrible a year ago, and now they're really good. We don't generally say that in the NHL or the NBA. I mean, teams get better at a slower rate. So your point about the the the, the Devils and the, and the Canadians is is a good one, right? Because they were Thank awful you. last year, and um, you know they're not going to be one in the Cup this year. I think that's safe to say. Anyway, your Kings are a good team. The Wings, by the way, stayed with them more or less, shot for shot, right? I mean, oh yeah, a couple of defensive mistakes, maybe some goaltending issues. I mean, the the, the gap wasn't huge. Did that surprise you? Um, it did surprise me a little bit. Um, I, I actually thought they might beat the Kings because the Kings, it's the it was the second game of a five game trip for them. And they had a wild seven to six, six win in Minnesota uh, and Minnesota, I don't think is great. Um, so uh, I thought, oh, well, this is this is the right time to get the Kings, you know, um, and having being a Kings fan, I, you know, when that's the one thing, right? When you're a fan, you see the flaws of your team man. you see them up and down and. And uh, and I thought, well, you know, I don't know. They're defensively, the Kings aren't great. Um, Jonathan Quick's almost thirty-seven. All the stuff, right? So, uh, but but the but the Wings are a new, a younger team, and they're they have a nice little mix of veteran players. Uh, it's going to take them a little bit. I mean, I like that they've bought into the loans um, philosophy already, but it's going to take them a little bit of time to fine tune the whole. Uh, you know, working with each other, getting the lines right, uh, playing a little bit, a little bit more. I don't know what you would even call it. Careful, exacting, precise on little, like just chipping the puck out to the neutral zone, just, you know, finishing this play, getting the, you know, being safer with the puck. They're doing, doing most of it right. Uh, trying to do it right. They're just not executing all the time. Not that every team does, but you just see, like, you look at the Kings a little bit, the precision, especially of their offensive attack, is different than the Wings. Um, so it's been it's been a promising start, yeah. 
Hey, man, you, we, we're talking about the Red Wings. We weren't supposed to talk about the Red Wings. No, we can, it's our podcast. <laughs> we don't have a guest. You're the guest, you know. So we Aww. can. Uh, well, you're the headliner too. You're everything, really. So we can uh, we can talk about whatever we want. Anyway, how you doing, man? Good, good. Just been it's been busy. It's been uh, you've been busy. So it's uh, it's getting it's getting to we're just about to get busier with the Pistons starting too. You're I'm sure you're going to that game and I am. Uh, and uh, by the way, they have just real quickly. Nothing. We'll, we'll talk about the Pistons after we've seen a little bit of them. The the preseason is worrisome to some fans. The um, but the analogy. The, look, the Pistons are young too. They brought in some vets. It's similar to kind of what the Red Wings are doing. Most teams do that when you have young guys and promising young yeah. talent. You want some vets around, and yeah, um, you have to. But the right vets, yeah, and that's tricky to and that's tricky to find. Uh, but uh, and we'll see what they do, and we'll that'll be a topic for another day. We want to see. Um, we want to see what they look like. We're trying not to judge too much on preseason. But uh, well, let me ask you, how excited are you right now? I mean, not only they're Pistons starting the regular season, but then the Big Ten had its basketball media day. I mean, you're in your glory. You're like a pig in slop right now, right? Well, no, this is just, I think most people will agree. This is a this is one of the best sports. If you like sports, um, it's one of the best months of the year, right? Because you have the NFL, you have college football. They're rolling. You got the baseball playoffs. You got hockey and basketball going, right? So it's um, yeah, they yeah. all they're all four pro sports overlap. Plus, you got college football. And you're not that far from college basketball. I don't know that baseball will go long enough to get college basketball started up. Maybe, maybe so. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think October is is arguably one of the best months of the year for sports fans, if not the best. Yeah, and it's it's interesting in the in the Midwest. You know, there's definitely you you uh, coming from California. You don't feel this, but in the Midwest and the cold weather area, the change of seasons. You know, there's this like almost demarcation of there's a different time in our lives starting. And I think it's accentuated with the sports calendar. So it's kind of a, a cool time to be in. Yeah. Kind of like the weather, you know, I, it's funny enough. I, the, the leaves have there's been a lot of great color this year. And, and just in the last few days, Carlos, you look out and the leaves are all of a sudden muted a little bit and the, the reds are a little less bright. And whenever you see that, it usually coincides with them starting to fall a little bit. And then you get days like we've had recently where it's cool, cold, not cold, cold, but cooler and rainy a little bit with a little bit of wind. And then the, the leaves are kind of scattering everywhere. Yeah. And then, you know, right. Christmas yeah. is almost here. Basically, when you when you get to that point, then it's basically a sprint to the end of the football season and the holiday season coming up. And, uh, you know, it's just what, what you're saying is already, how you feel that you're saying you already bought me my Christmas present. So, all right. I like well, it. I didn't want to assume that you celebrate Christmas. I get you something for the holidays, you know. Yeah, yeah. Any holiday, all holidays. How about that? Yeah, we and we don't need to get off on uh, you know whether some some groups are trying to ruin Christmas and are anti Santa and you can't say Merry Christmas and all that. Hi, this, Santa. Is, <laughs> this is this is not that kind of podcast. All right, man. Let's. Uh, I know we're going to talk about the Lions. But let's hold off on that for the the second segment. Uh, they've got a. I don't know what kind of game you want to call it. It's it's an important game. Maybe it's a statement it's a, it, game. It's a show me game. How about that? I mean, I think Dan Campbell's got a few show me games coming up to see to see what uh, he can do with this squad. And uh, obviously in Dallas this Sunday. But before we get to that, let's talk about Michigan football, man. And um, if you want to talk about Michigan State, that's fine, too. We are equal opportunity here. But but uh, you don't see the kind of performance too often that we saw Saturday uh, when Michigan beat Penn State. I don't know if you watch that game or not, but uh, but what do you think? What did you see? Oh, I saw, 
I mean, you know, I, I think Michigan starting to patent that weird kind of slow first half start kind of a thing. Um, uh, but yeah, they came roaring back in the second half that they, they, it, you know, it was, you wrote a column about it and it was true. You know, it's a complete, you know, I don't know if you use the word dominating, but it felt like that certainly in the second half against a good Penn state team. Um, they did everything they wanted to, especially on the ground with their rushing attack. Um, they played a solid defensive game. I mean, it was, it, it really showed you it was the first right big 10, you know, true test that they've had. Um, and you don't see another test at all really coming until Illinois. Um, so that, that, that I think um, answered a lot of questions for me, probably a lot of other Michigan fans. Well, first of all, um, hey, uh, to, to me, there are a few things here. W- w- one, your idea about the slow start. What's funny is that they, they dominated in the first half, too. J.J. Uh, McCarthy had a sort of a, I don't want to say a fluky interception because it was a pass he should have thrown. But the way it kind of caromed up and went off uh, the hands into somebody's helmet at the end of the Penn State defender on the pick six. So that there's that. And then and then uh, Sean Clifford on a nice little fake ran for 62 or 63 yards, whatever it was. And that was it. The Penn State had two plays. I think they had one first down in the half. Michigan State had 12 or whatever the number was and just completely dominated them in the first half. It just didn't, weirdly enough, show up on the scoreboard. And that happens sometimes in football. And you're thinking, okay. Because teams better teams that are better lose that way, right? Yeah, especially yeah, that's, that's especially in your sport, especially in your sport. Highlight? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No cricket. No, I think <laughs> uh, I think uh, I, don't get me started on that with hockey, man. It's just uh, don't say puck luck. If you say puck luck, I'm going to reach through this screen and throw you out the window. Don't uh, you know what the, the it, I just I can't I can't handle the randomness of that. It, it's just it drives me crazy. Anyway. You were thinking, oh, okay, Penn State's clearly not as good, but are they going to hang around and uh, hope that McCarthy makes another mistake and maybe they they pop another big one? But, uh, no, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know how much you watched them last year, Michigan. But I, I see uh, some differences from a year ago, but, I, but I'm curious what you think about the kind of team we saw last year and this year. And are they better prepared potentially now they got to beat Illinois and they obviously they got to go to Ohio state, but are they, are they better prepared? Because uh, in years past, they go down to Columbus and that's a 30 point loss. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, you're in your column, you basically annoyed in the national champions already. So, um, you know, you're already, no, you're I wrote that they were machine in overdrive. No, I wrote that they're contenders, which they are. This is to me, this is his best team. This I don't know what that team. I don't know what that means. Who knows? But this could be that team. You know what you're saying. We all know what you're saying. It's code. Go go buy your national champ free press national championship commemorative book already. Order it now. Freep.com. It's, it's funny. The last time they thumped Penn State like this was 97. Well, they actually they've beaten Penn State a couple of times in the last six, seven years in it, but just a physically dominant way mm-hmm. on both sides. Not that that's going to happen in 97, but to know seriously, be be be. Be serious. Be an analyst. Don't just write about sniveling cowards. You just just write coward. You don't need to snivel. You have to be a snivel. You can't be a coward. You got to be a sniveling coward. Come on, man. You gotta, well, you gotta spice the it definition. Of, actually, that you know, we'll we'll have a talk about life and human nature and what a coward really is. And when you go against what everybody wants you to do, that's actually not being a coward. But let's uh, okay. Let me let, let me let me stop myself there for a second, Carlos. I let, let's talk about. I don't know why my brain's uh, firing in, in funky ways. Maybe it always does. To your point, 
But can we can we plug the book Hail of the Victors that our own producer Andrew Hamm? Oh yeah, had, yeah, had a hand in. Yeah, we, we have we to do plug that? the book. The commemorative, plug- the, the commemorative book about the '97 title team at the, the Michigan Wolverines. Yes, I'm not saying this that this this year's team is that that, that team, but uh, I just thought we should give a shout out to Hail of the Victors. Yes, we should. You can and- find it. Free- oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Where where can you find it? At uh, freep.com. Yeah. I mean, we're here to help. We're here to uh, we're here to help the company. And right? what else can we find at freep.com? Michigan related. Um, your work. We well, can that's... find uh, Carl Myers's work at the free, at the freepress.com. No, why don't you go ahead and tell us? Well, we can find the podcast, right? Road to the Victors that Andrew Hammond also is producing. So that's a, that's a little bit of a, a too many plugs for Andrew. He's he's our new Anjanette now suddenly. Um, but uh, yeah, we got all kinds of all kinds of. And this is again right the blue wall. We're gonna get accused of this. So. Uh, and what do we got to do? We got to do like a, a, you know, what we have to do is a podcast for Michigan State for their yeah. for their NCAA, for their basketball championship, right? You can do it with Izzo. Go over to yeah. Izzo and uh, uh, Tom and Lupe's house and go do it. I tell you what, they beat Michigan. We'll be talking about Michigan State, boy. It's not going to happen. All right, can you stop that already? With the oh, I've, I've learned too much to not predict it. Come on, bro. Don't even pretend. No, it's not even going to be close. It's going to be, you know, every no, uh, no, I would have, I would imagine it's not going to be close, but uh, last year, Michigan had a better team and lost. Now they were on the road. Yeah. But um, to the year before Michigan was coming off a beat down in Minnesota and looked, you know, of course we didn't know and looked great. So it's all, it's all relative. I mean, who knows? For all I know, Penn state could be awful and we could still not know anything about Michigan. Penn state's not awful. No. You know, they, may, I, they may not be great. They may not be top. They've 10 got talent, the though. Yeah, they're not awful. Yeah, keep talking, please. Yeah, it was, it was a convincing win. I mean, Michigan really, I, you know, they, they deserved what they got. They, they, I tell you one thing right now, in Columbus right now, people are not probably super, super confident. I know they want to, they want a piece of Michigan after last year's beatdown at the big house, but uh, you got to be worried about Michigan. Everybody's got to be worried about Michigan, you know, and, and, and in college football to me, I mean, you got a really good run game like they have right now, you know, with, with uh, Corman Edwards and that line, um, you're going to be in the game. You're going to be in almost any single game that you can think of, you know, and like you said, you know, uh, Georgia, Alabama, you know, nobody's out there right now who's like unbeatable, who has this over dominating, you know, side of the ball or, you know, Michigan, you, you cannot count them out right now. They're, 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 you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know who the best team is right now. If there's anybody who really stands out in the SEC or anything, but, but uh, I put Michigan up against just about anybody right now. Yeah. And we don't normally say that. And I'm not sure we've ever said that about a Harbaugh team at Michigan. I mean, maybe 2016 when, oh. uh, you know, they lost the tough one down in Columbus on the, on the fourth down with, with uh, Barrett. Yeah. When uh, Michigan fans thought that, you know, they got jobs. So you have to go back to that. That was a, a, a gifted team, a physical team. Th- th- what's interesting about this year's team to me, Carl, a few things. First of all, uh, I hate to interrupt you guys. Uh, no, you don't. You love to interrupt us, but go ahead. I'm sorry, but okay. This is Andrew Hammond, uh, the producer of the uh, uh, Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Just got to correct you guys a little bit. Uh, the 
book is actually called Hail Yes, the story of the 1997 Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> you can purchase the book at um.pictorial.mybook.com or freep.com. Back to you guys. Thank you for that correction. But Carlos, he shouldn't have said you guys. You should have said me. It's all my fault. It's, it's your not... fault. He, Yeah, he's lumping uh, me. I'm collateral yeah. damage. Yeah, no, that's not fair to you uh, for once. But uh, yeah, no, that's it's completely unfair to you. It's that was my fault. And I'm not going to throw him under the bus for, for saying what when we were off the air telling me what the book was, because it's my fault. I should know. I think I even have a piece in that book. The of great, course you uh, do. yeah, the, it's always bring it back. No, no, no. I was just Go no, ahead. I was just gonna say the great Gene Myers, uh, longtime legendary Detroit sports editor, uh, who who put that book together, right? And yeah. emails me and says, Hey, I want to use this piece or whatever. And then six months later, he emails me and says, Hey, why don't you send me a check? And I'll send you a book. I'm like, <laughs> dude, oh, okay. <laughs> and I know it was it, it was all it was all good. I like that, that uh, he uses my work. This is how it works at the free press. They use your work and then they want you to pay for it. Right. You know oh, yeah. I mean? That's not, it's not just Gene. It's just the way it is. Right. Yeah. We're just lucky way. to have jobs. Right. That's the thing. We're lucky to have jobs. And uh, don't get me started, man. Go ahead, yeah. It's, uh, the book's forty five dollars. So what do you think Andrew's cut of that is probably like 40, 41, 42? I would. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah that's why he jumped and then, in. And then you get the other four dollars. I think so. It's just, that's just covering shipping though. But uh, yeah, no, it's a great book. It's a huge book. And the hail yes comes from, if people don't remember a lot of people, you know, people do remember this. I mean, if you're a Michigan fan and everything, that was one of the all time great uh, front pages in pre press sports history, you know, and Charles Woodson's, you know, pointing into the stands and it was uh, uh, I think we still have those. We would do, if you had the front page, we'd make a poster out of it and hang it in our, you know, office walls. We used to have this nice, kind of long corridor in the old building. Um, I think we still have some of those uh, posters in the new place that we're in, but um, yeah, I always remember seeing that it was, a really, it was a really cool front page. Well, and that was a team and like a lot of, like a lot of teams, I guess, unless you're, you know, you established it and you're, you're really good year after year. Oh, the way Ohio state's been the way Alabama and is the way Georgia's become. Then maybe it's not surprising, but for, for Michigan, the reality of the history versus the, you know, the perception of the history are two different things and a lot of times with this fan base and this school, but it is an iconic program. And so, um, you know, maybe you, you think about it in a certain way, but that 97 team, I think they'd come off three or four years of eight and four, right? And people were rumbling a little bit about Lloyd Carr. I want to say it was three or four years. I can't remember exactly, but uh, so you don't trust maybe what you're seeing at first. And I feel like that's the similarity right now, even though they got to the playoff last year, people think about, okay, they got to the playoff. Maybe Ohio state was a little bit down. I'm not saying they were, that's, that's part of the narrative though, because college football is all about narratives. And then we saw what happened against Georgia, right? Carlos, where you're thinking, okay, that's a pretty substantial difference. So you carry that over into this year and you're not sure just how good they are. The big 10 is a mess. That's yeah. that's not helping. And um, but I just you when you watch that was the thing for me, you watch that Saturday and you think maybe we're looking at something that is a little bit different than even a year ago, because you can clearly see, for example, the defense is faster. They just are those linebackers and those safeties run. They're all they lost six, seven starters. You're like, ah, they're going to replace those. Most of those guys were, were, were good college players. They replaced them with guys that may be NFL players. And that's the difference, right? The speed. 
I know they lost Ajabo and Hutchinson, but, uh, you know, and maybe that's where they're not quite the same, but everywhere else on defense, on defense, they're better. Right. Yeah. Oh, they got, they got, and they're not just a run game. They got, they got playmakers all over the place on offense and a quarterback who is still trying to figure it out. And and he's the biggest uh, difference between a year ago. But anyway, I'm, I'm curious what you think about this idea of, do we know what we're looking at just yet? Or do we still need more, more time? Well, they're not, they haven't played elite teams enough. Right. And that's the difference in the sec probably is almost all those teams are really good, pretty good, um, decent to pretty good to really great. Um, so that level of competition is always there. So I think you see more of that. You get a better, a, a better gauge earlier, you know, in that conference. Um, most of the time, the big 10, like what, what, what game is this six for the, for Michigan? Um, seven, seven. Yeah. I mean, and we're barely seeing the first real test, you know, um, and it won't come again until they play Illinois. So <clears throat> that's the problem, <clears throat> excuse me, with the bit with, with Michigan's, you know, season is, you know, uh, we have to see more, but we're not going to see a lot more. Um, but they, you know, you can only play who's in front of you. And I, I've liked, I mean, they lost job only lost Hutchins, and that's absolutely true. But <clears throat> I think defensive coordinator, Jesse Mentner gets, get some credit, man. I mean, he's, he's put together some really nice game plans, some, some looks there, um, you know, a little, a couple of, uh, of, of, uh, interesting situations to put the offense in, um, you know, some stunts, some it's, he's done, he, he, he's been creative, um, with what he has and he's made the most of it. You know, I mean, that's, that's a credit. Now I do think the one, the one thing I am worried about, and even as JJ McCarthy has proven to be, you know, obviously a much more dynamic quarterback than Caden McNamara. I am worried that they're going to play a really good team at some point or get down to a better team, you know, whether it's Illinois or Ohio state, whatever it might be. And he's going to make a bad decision. He's going to make an impetuous decision. I mean, he almost, he almost threw a pick six, uh, you know, when the pressure was on him on his back foot, I forget who he just lofted it over, a, a, you know, I don't know, it was a linebacker or whatever. It should have been, it could have been picked off another foot or two lower. Yeah, it would have been, been picked off run back. You could see you Harbaugh could see shaking Harbaugh. his head on the sideline. You could right? see Harbaugh. That's, he knew that's going to cost us at some point. And I'm sure it, he's gone over it, you know, and drilled it into his head. But that's that's kind of who McCarthy is right now still, right? A young kind of a gunslinger. I'm going to make this play, whatever. And you got to have that confidence. But you also have to have that controlled, you know, careful, you know, maturity, right? To eat the ball and say, no, 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 no this is not worth it here. Um, and it, it wasn't, we have to have this play. It's the end of the game kind of thing. Um, so it was kind of a bad, so, so that's what one thing that they have to get out of their system a little bit more. And when you're beating up on teams, you know, that's not, you know, you lose, I think you get too full of yourself sometimes and you need to calm down. And, uh, that's what, that's what it's a lot of these bigger games are going to come down to probably is some of the decisions McCarthy makes. No, he's, he's, I mean, right. We saw that against Georgia. He got in there against Georgia and immediately got out and made a couple of plays. You're like, yeah, this is the difference. And you could argue and people that at the time, well, Georgia didn't have its first uh, team guys in at that point. Right. No, they had this year's team in. <laughs> that's who, the, that's who he was playing against. Right. When, when he came in, he was playing against all these guys, which are probably a lot more NFL guys or whatever. Speaking of the defense real quickly, so so Mentor is just kind of running the system from a year ago, maybe some tweaks. 
and that's helped. And they've talked about that, right? That it's there's uh, some some carryover, a little bit of fluidity. And you know, Michael Cohen, who covered the Wolverines for us, and did a really good job. Moved on now to, um, you know, I don't know. Do you want to say uh, better things, Carlos? I'm not going to say better things. I'm going to say he, you, there's nothing better than the free press, Sean. So I, I don't no, know what know. you're talking I about. I know. I, I, I'm with you. In he's no case, longer with us. He's, he's, we, yes. we shouldn't, we, yeah, we probably shouldn't even mention, we'll probably get in trouble with Anjanette, but he did a great job when he was here. And he wrote, he wrote at the beginning of the season how fast, how much faster the defense was. And I, and that's, that's been evident, right? Sometimes you can yeah. just see things despite the competition. Right. Yeah. You see athleticism, you see, you know, guys, uh, I mean, Will Johnson, right. You know, he's played really well, a uh, freshman, true freshman quarterback uh, or a cornerback. Uh, you know, th- you see it all over the field for them. They do look faster, quicker. Um, and that's going to, that, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you're playing against, you know, so that's an upgrade. That's a, a difference. I would say the same was, was true on offense with the offensive line. Last year, they had an offensive line with a lot of really smart guys. I don't know. That's sort of a. Soft, careful, uh, careful. Soft praise there. And um, no, no, no. I wasn't going to go where you were thinking. I was just, I was going to question, uh, and not, not the strength so much because they were strong and they were together and on a string and, and they were really good. But they got some guys this year that are just um, at a different level, including a center who transferred in from for Virginia. I don't want to botch his name, but uh, who is an absolute uh, NFL guy. There's just, they have more power up there to handle we'll see you know if they get to the georgias of the of the world ohio state ohio state's i think a little bit better defensively this year in any case so let's let's wrap this up with this we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about the michigan state the rivalry game coming up next week carlos and then you know as you say rutgers illinois uh ohio state but to me what they showed is that they are good enough to compete and I, I don't remember the last time we could say this. They're, to me, they're good enough to compete with anybody this year. And it's been a while since you could truly say that, including last year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 what we – this is interesting, right, going from, going from getting to the college football playoff to this year. We weren't quite sure. I think everybody thought they'd be good, decent to good, maybe, you know, but especially you can't forget the whole Harbaugh, you know, dalliance with the Vikings and – all this stuff, you know, um, there was a lot of stuff that went on in the offseason. And then not really knowing if it was going to be McNamara or McCarthy. Everybody probably assumed it was going to be more McNamara at first. But that whole thing, the whole tra- the whole quarterback, you know, drama, too, at the beginning. Um, it's it's you got to give them credit for really, you know, making good on all that promise and and going beyond that promise and starting to show that, yeah, for sure. You know, Andrew Hammond's going to plug another book next year, maybe. Yeah, maybe he will. And by the way, I mean, little things too, well, not so little, but I just don't want to diminish it, but like Mike Sanistrill, who's a slot receiver a year ago, is playing uh, yeah. nickel cornerback now and really good, right? I mean, it's, it, it, and it's, it's good a cover person as their cover guys they have. It's, yeah, they just have had some, some things. Uh, I don't want to say go their way because I don't want to undermine it by suggesting it's luck because it's not. But what we're seeing right now, I think, is what Michigan fans hoped. The, they were going to see when Harbaugh was hired, right? Just this sort of menacing, athletic, powerful uh, football. And this it's similar to the way his 49er teams ran, right? They were all over the place defensively. They were uh, had a great ground game. 
but they could also throw it some, you know, with Kaepernick, right? Not to say McCarthy's that, but it reminds you a little bit about that. They were just tough and fast and athletic and, and physical. And so far, that's what we're seeing this year, just in a different level to me. Yeah, I would never compare college and NFL teams, but um, but yeah, I mean, this is what you want. This is what you 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 always want to see this. And and, and you're right. I mean, the, I get what you're saying about the you know following through them, but the the work. I mean, co- football is nothing but chess. It's just chess. It's they're always moving pieces and coming up all all these intricate strategies. And a lot of times, or many times, it doesn't work out. But it has all worked out. It's all fallen into place so far. So, uh, you know. That there is luck in that it doesn't just always translate. I mean, if the Sandstrom stuff hadn't worked, if it, moving positions, who would have who would have been angry about it? You know, I'm like, well, you know, right. he took no, a shot sure. and it fits them better. Or whatever, it's going to take a little while, and you know, um, so yeah, you, you you do need a little bit of luck when when you make some big changes like that. No, you do, and uh, and losing and, we- and losing Ojabo and Hutchinson. I mean, we're not even. I mean, we're we've mentioned it, but. Everybody thought that was going to be a huge loss, right? They did. And, it's, it and they're actually been. better defensively, which is crazy to say, all right, we've, Carlos, we've just spent way too much time. I think we've just proven that there is a blue wall. <laughs> we probably also jinked Michigan, so their fans are going to be upset with us because now Michigan State's going to beat them after what we've just done because you have that kind of power, right? And superstitions are all that ever matter in sports. Uh, you know, if you're loving Amazing Blue, you probably should knock on wood. Anyway, we need to take a break and come back and talk about the Lions. Is that all right with you? Yeah, let's 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 bring the temperature down and talk about the lines. Oh yeah, that that's a good idea. All right, we'll be right back with uh, what do we call the show? Free Press and, Sports Andrew with Hammond. Carlos, Free Press John Podcast with Andrew Hammond and and, and uh, Andrew Hammond. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, uh, that was the longest segment we've ever done. In fact, that should have been the podcast. Why don't we just stop? You should have said, "Hey, my favorite thing is working with you," and um, and that would have been that. And then you would have said, that's my favorite thing, too. And right. I would have, of course. Thank Jeanette Delgado. I would have yeah. worked. Um, yeah, my favorite thing is working with you, despite the, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, we, don't, we, knew, we don't need to relitigate the uh, the Golden State Warriors stuff. Oh, my goodness, though. Okay. All right. We're, we're uh, no, God, we're making the such. Golden State Warriors. We're, we're making, Green, not the we were making such. Pro, we we're making such progress, too. It was beautiful. It was just a beautiful thing you'd written to. Really great nuanced column from a couple of them from New England uh-huh. about the Lions who are about to talk. And you were on your Thank way. You. Thank you. You were on your way. And, uh, you know, it's okay that you took 100 steps back with that one, but we're going to keep uh-huh. moving. We're going to keep moving forward. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. What are we talking about? The Lions. Your Detroit Lions. Yes. We're going to Dallas, aren't you? You're so excited. Sean, Lo- everybody knows no, Sean not, loves to I'm- travel. No, I do. I mean, I am, Windsor. I am curious about the world, unlike you, which I think shows in your columns. But we're going to um, not always, though. Not always, though. Sometimes you surprise us. I think <laughs> you're excited I, about going to Texas, aren't you? Uh, you? You spent some time growing up there. I did. I did a lot of time, actually. But um, barbecue in, in various places of Texas. No. So so what's what are we going to say about the Lions? They, they've had a week off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lions fans got to sit around and watch teams like the Jets and Giants keep winning, uh, which is did probably they? just yeah. Don't they? Do you think they? You think you actually Lions fans watch you know NFL and just got sat there and like I do ground their do. teeth and got mad and why can't we I, be that way? I do, I do. I think that happens every well. It depends on when the bye week follows, but yeah, the Jets and the Giants and teams like that. Then the Vikings keep winning. Packers um, don't. 
No, they don't. They're struggling. But anyway, what's what's at stake here? I know you've been consistent from the start, Carlos, about wanting to see progress. Mm-hmm. But what, what's at stake here? What if they start getting up to one and seven, one and eight? You know, whatever they'd be going into the Thanksgiving game, one and seven. I, I don't know. What 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 are, what are we thinking here? What did what does Campbell need to show not to be in some legitimate uh, trouble at the end of this year? Well, I think you. I think that. Uh... You know, you you the offense has to get back on track. Um, you can't get shut out again like you did in New England. Um, the defense has to the, the defense looked better in New England, too, by the way. Uh, everybody's just going to remember that as what was it? Twenty nine nothing or something. I mean, uh, as a big blowout shutout. It wasn't. That's not wow. it was. was it really? Twenty nine nothing. I mean, it was, it was, but it was a slow roll. It was close until the late third quarter, you know, and at that point, the Lions are gambling and going for it on fourth down more often and failing and whatever, you know. Um, uh, But I I mean, obviously a win, a win goes a long way. A win's like a little life raft, a little island in the middle of the ocean of like, okay, we can all take a breath, whatever, you know, but this is a process. I don't understand the people. I mean, I understand there's a whole thing with it. I'm, you know, I'm going to write a column about this and just people just, ex- they expect unreasonable turnover and switch and, 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 and some kind of miraculous climb. And you look at the giants and the jets and whatever, and there's why can't it be us? And yeah, but look at the other teams too. It's mostly the same. It's mostly in the second year we're rebuilt. It doesn't happen. And you also have to wait till the end of the season to see where teams are at. And the lions, if you look at them, I think the defense has its problems. You know, and a lot of it's talent based, you know, and there's been injuries and everything else. Um, but I don't I I said six wins and I did not believe that they were going to take some big leap and threaten for the playoffs. And and it, it probably hurts a little bit more because the Packers are not good this year. There's problems. And well, if we'd only been better, we could have been at the top of the NFC North or challenging this. We blew our chance like, no, man, it wasn't going to happen this year. If you look at that team, they just, and in fact, don't forget the offense is way ahead of schedule right now. You know, I think that, I mean, the one thing that they have to do is the offense cannot take a step back. They have to get back. I don't know if they're ever going to, if they're going to, if they were going to stay on this trend of being the top offense in the NFL, but they have to get back to being more productive and, and, and scoring and, you know, being more potent like they were, and they should with a little bit of better health. So just, no steps back, no significant steps back. Keep showing some progress, especially on defense. Um, and hopefully that'll buy the, you know, Campbell and Holmes and the regime, you know, a little bit of, of, of breathing room. Yeah, no, they're going to have to have, they're going to have to uh, have a few wins in here at some point, right? No, they don't. I mean, I'm, I mean, they don't. It's, it's no, they they can, they can't go two and 15, man. That's, that's, they, they can. I mean, they, they might. You know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I know people just want wins, you know, wins, win, whatever, you know, cheap win. They, easy don't, win. they don't want a bunch of wins. No, you do. You know, they do. They, and they, they want to see some, they want to see a little something. They don't want to feel like they're taking a step. You back are seeing something. Ago. You're seeing something, you know, from this team. It's just not coming out to wins. This is no, not- the offense is better. The defense is worse. Right. So that's, and so it's, it's head spinning to people and they're confused and they want to see some kind of pro to your point to progress. So I, I don't know, man. It never helps when there's a buy like this and you look around because every year there are teams that do this. The Bengals did this the year before, right? Got all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, there's always a couple of examples out there. And I think for Lions fans, they're like, when is it ever going to be us? And it's just, it's just kind of how it is. It's just kind of a, 
I mean, you and I got a, oh, shoot, I would love to give him a shout out here in the podcast. I think it's somebody that listens to the podcast, but he, he was talking about his Lions fandom, right, in an email and what right. that's like. And um, I wish I could remember the particulars. It was fun. But uh, he was kind of explaining the history of this. So that's the, the, the bye week is, uh, if it comes like at a point like this, it's just weird that way. It's hard for them, you know, to go to New England and get handled, you know, they were handled, you know, it's it's um, not as bad as the final score would indicate, but it was it, it, it didn't feel good. It's the worst way, right, to to feel that way. And and, uh, you know, but they've had a, I, I think Campbell's a smart guy. I think Aaron Glenn's a smart guy. I think they can hopefully do some things, you know, they're they're switching some things up, you know, but you have who you have, you know, it's not, people aren't just going to get magically better. Um, there's only so many moves you can make so many different things you can do, you know, seven weeks into the season, whatever it is. Um, so look for some incremental improvement is what you can hope for. Um, I don't and, understand this reasonableness, Carl. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. What, who are you? I've always been reasonable, and sometimes you went to when the they're wings. really bad, you have to be called out as being really bad. Did you take a shower the other night after the Wings game? You were, uh, They lost, and you're super positive. What is going on? It's confusing. I mean, maybe I am glad that you wrote the, the, the way you did about Draymond and the Warriors and the NBA and how we can never, ever watch basketball again as long as we live. <laughs> I think, uh, uh, you know, because that's the Carlos I know. I'm confused. And now you're just talking about just incremental stuff. What is going on with you, man? Do they, we need, they, they need, uh, I mean, it's just the, 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 the second year of this regime is just going to need more time, you know? And what, what, what is fair to say for the people who are angry is that it's not ahead of schedule. You know, the offense is ahead of schedule, but this rebuild is not ahead of schedule. That is completely fair. I think really, and I've written this, you know, really, you probably need about four years in the NFL when you go with a regime change, you know, the whole personnel department, the GM, the coach, everything else. Uh, you need about four years before you really should be expecting consistent winning or, or, or a team competing consistently. The third year tells you something about the team about, okay, here's where the expectations start. Here's where you've had enough time to turn the roster over to get your guys to implement your philosophy. Oh, what all, all that stuff, right? The second year still building mode. You're still constructing things and figuring things out in the third year. Sometimes some teams do it faster. That's absolutely true. That can happen, but most teams don't, you know? And I think what you, when you look at this team, I don't, as a fan, I think you need to look at them and just think, is there, is there enough here that gives you some hope to use a Sean Windsor word, some hope that they're there, at least there's a plan in place and they're trying to pursue it. And whether they have the talent yet is a different question, but do you agree with what's happening? At least, do you like what you see? It's not maybe coming to fruition, but do you like what you see? If you don't, if you don't, if you just think, hey, man, Campbell, I don't like any of his decisions. He makes every wrong decision, and we're going to question every timeout and every fourth down. I don't like Aaron Glenn, and and nobody's playing for him, and nobody's good, and they're all regressing. They're all, you know, everybody's hurt. That's Dan, Dan or Brad Holmes' fault for drafting hurt guys. And if you want to be, if that's what you think, then that's your right, and there's that's valid criticism in many ways. But wait, you got to wait for that third year, really. And, you know, it's, it's just not going to, it wasn't going to be fast. No, 
No, you're right. You you're right, Carlos. I can't believe I'm saying that, but you're right I'm that right. most teams don't. The problem is from the Lions, uh, the those who love the Lions, that perspective, almost every year somebody does, right? So you're right about the math and the percentages, but the perception is that it happens every year. So it makes it feel different than some than the the rare. Not rare, but the idea that your team could do it because, you know, most teams don't. In any case, yeah, it's funny. how. Well, you know what? Here's the one thing that you mentioned about that is Lions fans, right? And that's the difference between this franchise and a lot of other franchises, especially the good ones, is when the team, the Lions are always, or they, they often, often struggle, right? They've not been a good franchise for a really long time. And so every time that they're not good or there's a glimmer of expectation, they look around and they start looking at other teams and why can't this be us? And why can't this? And why can't that the good teams, you know, the teams that are traditionally good, the Baltimore's new England's the, you know, the, uh, the Steelers, when they have a down year or two, they don't look around and say, why, why couldn't that? Cause it, it's been them before. No, they don't. Yeah. And they yeah. don't start pointing fingers and start pulling the ejection button and the rip cord and, and no, mailing, they you know, they, they're, they understand that they understand different history needs to be. Yeah. A different history and the lions don't have that all they have is bad history so the minute something bad happens they go right into panic mode and like oh again why couldn't it be us Look, every that's other true. team does it that's true it's yeah no it's it's uh part of the conundrum right the the psychic yeah. uh, conundrum that's for sure all right we should uh take one more quick break and come back with the favorite thing i think it's uh you're gonna have to carry this one well you always do you carry the show you carry the podcast you carry the world frankly what am i saying all right let's come right back with more uh free press sports with Carlos. Hello, I'm Phil Friend, the host and producer of Spartan Speak, a podcast collaboration between the Detroit Free Press and Lansing State Journal focusing on Michigan State sports. Each week, I'm joined by the OGs of the MSU podcasting game, free beat writer Chris Laurie and LSJ sports columnist Graham Couch, as we discuss and dissect the latest sports news coming out of East Lansing. Not only is Spartan Speak one of, if not the longest-running MSU sports podcast out there, you won't find a show with two people as clued into the Spartans as Chris and Graham, each of whom have spent a decade-plus covering MSU and bring years of institutional knowledge and insight to the podcast. And once in a while, they'll let me throw out a take as well. Along with discussing the latest news, we'll break down the Spartans' last game in the hardwood and the gridiron. What went right? What went wrong? Jet sweep. Again? For both Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, get you ready for the next game, make predictions, and so much more. We can also guarantee at least one reference to Kalamazoo every podcast. So if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and listen to Spartans Speak on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, it's that time of the show. It's the favorite thing. It's, uh, you know, it's your favorite thing. It's our it's favorite all, thing. You it's all that matters. Thing. It's all that matters. <laughs> it's your stage. Take it away, man. Well, Sean, my favorite thing was uh, I'd like to really congratulate and thank uh, Dodgers manager uh, Dave Roberts for sparing me having to watch any more of the baseball playoffs and uh, punching my pillow and, and and punching the air and kicking things over the frustration that I felt uh, in the playoff series with the Padres in the first round. Uh, because, you know, uh, Dave Roberts managed to somehow scuttle a very promising playoff season after, what, 110, 111 wins, whatever the Dodgers had this year. And, you know, in his infinite wisdom pulled, um, you know, 
uh, Tyler Anderson, their starting pitcher, who was cruising through five innings, two hits. No, no, I know better. I'm going to start going into my bullpen here. And he got one good inning out of uh, uh, Bruiser Gratterall. And then the the rest of the bullpen just uh, pooped themselves. And uh, they lost, gave up, what, five runs or whatever, and inning to the Padres and lost uh, five to three and were eliminated in four games. So uh, thank you to Dave Roberts for that, um, who just, you know, I think the one thing is he just, the one thing Dave Roberts loves is just to pull pitchers who are cruising, whether it's perfect games or no hitters or in important playoff elimination games. You know what? And lesson to Tigers fans, by the way, you know, as we're going to find out about AJ Hinch, I don't think AJ Hinch is this kind of manager, but how frustrating can you, I just thought about the Tigers. Like, could you imagine if the Tigers ever turns around and won 110 games and AJ Hinch pulls whoever, you know, it might be uh, after five innings when he's cruising and then starts going to his bullpen and starts overmanaging the game needlessly and cost them playoff series. Like, you know, I mean, they're talking to Nelly about firing Roberts. You know, people are tired of this kind of stuff that they've, as good as they've been, they've probably underachieved. Um, so very interesting lesson. But uh, again, thank you to Roberts. I don't have to stay up till one in the morning to watch these games. Um, I get my rest now and I can um, write better columns and argue with Sean Windsor more often and more, more, uh, more accurately. So uh, thanks. Mm. Well, that's a, that's a good one. That's a nice uplifting. My favorite thing. It's, <laughs> I'm sure there was no reason. I'm sure he just said, hey, you know what? I think I'm just going to do this. And uh, I'm sure he had no reason at all. I'm sure there's no science behind the the uh, the decision. I'm sure there was no. No, there was no science. All he, I'm he, sure there's no. I liked Bruder, you know, Grazer uh, 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 Bruder all in, uh, in, this, in this leverage situation. I was like, yeah, what about the rest of your bullpen? You have him, and then you have Dustin May maybe closing. Well, but out. I'm sure there was no two more innings. I'm sure there was nothing. Closer. I'm sure there was nothing he saw from the starter regarding the way his pitches, the maybe the way his breaking ball was dropping or not. No, dropping. he was cruising. I saw what he saw. You he know what was I mean? Completely fine. He needed to win. You no, you but don't you don't see it. The, you don't see it in the same way though. So yeah, I'm sure there was no reason, no nothing. They saw nothing. They just decided to do it, and that if they had yeah. kept him in, I'm sure they would have won the game. So right? Yeah, you're right. That's how it goes. Yeah, he probably would have cost them uh, game five and, you know, would he would have done something stupid in game five. So, yeah, I know the manager. Uh, that's my favorite thing is that, uh, my goodness, I don't have to listen to the the second guessing of baseball managers. Oh, my goodness. And we'll, we'll get there if the Tigers get good again. But I don't know that there's anything more, you know, fingernail on a chalkboard worse than people second guessing a baseball manager because you just assume whatever the other decision would have worked. And that's just not true. It's never true. I, I, mean, I am maybe fine. It's true sometimes, but what's no, I, I, and I, I've given Roberts a lot of rope. I'm like, listen, you know, I, I understand it. It's not hard. It's not easy to make these decisions. A lot of things. I mean, for a long time, the Dodgers had Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda was just, he was a slave to the pitching to the, to the, you know, righty lefty matchups, no matter what, no matter if, whoever it was had hit, you know, four home runs, but it was righty and righty. So I got to go to my lefty. Like it, it, it bothered fans forever. And Roberts, you know, like I, I understand a lot of things, but the pitching, especially something with the starting pitching is he just decides that whatever, like, well, we got to think of the future. We got to think of down the road, no matter if it's a perfect game or if it's a no hit, like he doesn't manage with his eyes and his gut enough, you know, and maybe it is. And there's too many analytics probably. And 
that's one thing with the Dodgers, right? Is there, or the Tigers, they're trying to copy sort of that model of what the Dodgers have done with analytics. Yeah, well, it got them to 112 wins or whatever it was, 115. I don't know. Right. I mean, I mean, some ridiculous number, right? They, yeah. So yeah. it gets them there. Yeah. No. And the playoffs, the baseball, the playoffs are different. And then it's not like hockey where, you know, the eight seed can knock out the one seed and happens with some, you know, regularity or whatever, or the seven and the two. But it's uh, somewhat similar, right? You know, it you, is. It is like hockey because you hate both sports, so you don't. Watch no, either. I don't. You just you get a you get a pitcher and to get the right matchup. Who knows? You get yeah, the, Frank, playoff, the playoffs are a very get, different animal. Yeah, you get sports. Frank Viola, you know, going crazy a couple times. <laughs> Frank Viola, <laughs> Bert, Bert Blylevin coming in and sliding. His that's way. the last time you watched baseball. Okay, yeah, no, that oh, says no. a lot about you. I understand, Sean. We're gonna we're gonna work on. No, this. you were talking about Tommy the Sword. I was just making me think of that era when. It was all righty left. Yeah, I mean, Jim Leland was like that. In any case, you know, that's my favorite thing is that we haven't had to worry about or listen to second guessers and the managers for a long time. Thank you for reminding me of what that's like. <laughs> they, even, they even made a uh, one of the broadcasts, they made a joke about Buck Walter, and uh, uh, like, well, I guess he's ready to bring Zach Britton in now, like six years later. <laughs> um yeah the that's the one that's the one thing where managers like if i were if i were telling anything to manage like yeah just be careful with your with your pitching decisions that's the we're gonna we're gonna get to the point where they're pulling the starter after the second inning you know what i mean that's where we're headed that's what they Uh, were doing right yeah and for one inning or whatever it was and then yeah no nobody's gonna pitch more than one inning that's where it's gonna go they're gonna expand the rosters and have like 30 pitchers (laughs) on it that's where baseball is going yeah that sounds fun all right that was a, a good show, man. What, what, who we you made thinking? it through? Yeah, sort of. What? What? Who would? Who we thinking? What are we doing? We got to get out of here. We got to thank the listeners, right? Yeah, sure. The one listener we got to thank our listener. We got to thank Anjanette Delgado, our executive producer, Kirkland Crawford, sports editor and executive producer. We got to thank. He's been mentioned way too much, man. Producer Andrew Hammond. I, I think he's supposed to be mentioned first. But we'll make them third. We'll, we'll we'll teach them a little lesson here, and you know, knock them down a couple of pegs. Be and, careful. Uh, Be careful. So, do we have to thank anybody else? Yeah, we definitely want to thank people for spending time with us. Well, our think? our editor, our big editor, Peter. Oh, Bacia, Peter Batia. We're gonna get we're gonna get canceled uh, if we don't do that. He's like you. He loves baseball. Whatever. I mean, I don't know. Do we have to thank him? Of course we do. If we want paychecks. Okay. Okay. I guess so. And I, I guess we need him for a little bit longer. Well, if you liked the if you liked our podcast or any of them that Andrew Ham, Hammond mentioned, uh, go to uh, go to Spotify, go to Apple, go anywhere you can find a podcast and give us a rating, like us, subscribe, let us know what you think, especially about Sean who needs the he needs the uh, you know the introspection and the the validation. So please drop a drop a mention and give Sean a, a piece of your mind. I, I think I think I think we've wrapped it up. We thanked all the people that make this possible. We want to thank the listeners. We've done that. We're grateful you join us. What else? We, we've told you where you can find this. Uh, we we included uh, some advice on how to subscribe. Maybe not how, but encouraging you to subscribe. And if you want to talk about Carlos in the in the rating, that's great because he needs it. You know what I mean? His, yeah. Uh, his ego's getting. It's huge. <laughs> let's just be let's just be real. No, it's not. All right, we've wasted enough of y'all's time. Carl, that was fun as always, my man. Yes. Until next week, let's let's do it again. All right, we will uh, be back next week. Bye.